Today's guest is known in the martial arts community as a world-class champion, full-contact Muay Thai fighter, my favorite. She has been enshrined in the Black Belt Hall of Fame, the Masters Hall of Fame, the Martial Arts History Museum, and the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame. But that is only the tip of the iceberg of what this smoking hot badass of a woman can do. I'd like to welcome the black spider herself, Lisa King. I'm so happy to have you here. Hey, 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 this is Evolve WMMA, and I'm your host, Shelly Devon. So Hello, Michelle. How are you? So happy How to have you here. like that? You are hysterical. <laughs> you know, I I I, I noticed. Um, I hear you're, you're you're planning your next trip to trip uh, to Bangkok, and it involves pink unicorns. <laughs> Someone's been watching my Facebook. <laughs> well, you know, there's. I spent the last 25 years uh, concerned with Muay Thai and the the world of fighting, and there's a natural progression. And I think pink and unicorns is is probably it. They have a whole cafe. Uh, it, it looked like yummy food. You have a sweet tooth, I take it. Actually, I really don't. It either does the person who sent that over to me. Um, ironically, um, what you saw on Facebook. Um, was from Ariana Ramirez, and she was one of my opponents, actually. Um, we, we got matched up. We fought many, many years ago, probably back in 2003 or 2004. And, oh, wow. You know, uh, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, and you have an appreciation for it. She became my bestest of friends, and now we travel the world just doing randomness. That's awesome. Legit. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about um, your, your time as um, – uh, I'm a fighter, how you got into uh, studying Muay Thai kickboxing and, and uh, where it's taken you? Oh, well, I, you know, I, I, I say the story all the time. It sounds so canned, cliche, call it what you want. But um, back in the day, I fell in love with the movie The Karate Kid and the character of not just Danielson, but Mr. Miyagi. And I figured everybody needed a mentor or someone to push them in a you know, in a direction maybe they couldn't see for themselves. And uh, I literally went from martial arts style to martial arts style looking for something that would give me, um, you know, that, that adrenaline rush. And I walked into the only Muay Thai gym I visited, which was Master Toddy's. And I found not a Mr. Miyagi, but I found a Master Toddy and a Master Chan, which was equivalent. So um, that's kind of how I found the sport. And um you know, I, I could go on for about an hour just talking about what I love about the sport, but, you know, it's, it's given me the opportunity to travel the world and um, just to see things from a different perspective and do a fitness I love, do a martial arts that I love, and, you know, have a whole different mindset about things. So did you grow up in the martial arts? I didn't. I, um, you know, I, I grew up on a farm in Oregon, of all places, and um, I was probably in middle school when um, Karate Kid came out. And then I told my mother that I wanted to do it. And <laughs> my brothers both boxed. I mean, that's how they settled every argument was putting gloves on. And so I was pretty familiar with the whole boxing world. But, you know, I was the baby. I was the only girl. And she was just like, you know, I want a princess. And I want you in dance and cheerleading and anything that resembles, you know, flowers and barrettes and bows. And, you know, when I said I wanted to go into martial arts, that wasn't exactly what most parents parents thought girls should be in back in the day. Yeah, it sounds um, about right though. For if you had older brothers and you were the you were the youngest child, girl too, that you probably got you know uh, were you a little teased, up. knocked around <laughs> by your brothers, beat up and abused. Yes, yeah. I, <laughs> I'm sure you know I, they've apologized numerous times to me. I'm sorry, sis. I did we do this to you? You know, thinking that they pushed me down a different path, and I'm like, no. I actually like it. So thank you. It's given me, you know, 25 years of my adult life doing something amazing. But yes, they did beat me wow. on, on the regular. So what was the first, like, I mean, before you got into Muay Thai, what was like the first kind of martial art that you, you know, some of the ones that you did try and then you, and then you landed in, in, in Muay Thai? Cause I, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't. I literally went to gyms and watched. 
Um, I'm the, just the type of person that if I don't love it, I won't do it. And so I just went and looked at different styles and, you know, there's plenty of different gyms and, you know, I, anything on social media, I mean, I have a whole respect for everything, martial arts, everything, Mm -hmm. fitness and dance and, you know, anything that, you know, you see these trained athletes committing to, but, um, you know, I'd go in and maybe I just have attention deficit and I just wanted to jump in there. I probably just didn't want to, you know, study katas for too long. I was just like, you know, how about we just get in there and just start punching each other from day one? And that's really <laughs> what I saw with Muay Thai. I mean, it was controlled. You go 20% versus a hundred percent, but literally day one, they throw you yeah. in there to the yeah. wolves and they give you as much as you can tolerate. So I didn't, yeah. I didn't take a single class of anything else, but Muay Thai. And it was with Master Toddy or was it someone else? No, it was Master Toddy, and um, Master oh. Toddy's back in Thailand, but he had started in Thailand and did a ton of movies and stuff with Chuck Norris, and, you know, mm-hmm. he's just, he was a force to be reckoned with, and then he went to London, and, you know, story was, is he was a bouncer at a club, and, you mm-hmm. know, some people started to pick a fight, and he took everybody out, and the newspaper oh. said the next day, Hot Toddy rocks the UK, and uh, <laughs> hence the term Master Toddy. <laughs> made his way to the U.S. and um, he's trained more world world champions than any Muay Thai instructor, and um, he's a salesman. He really is. He's passionate oh. about what he loves. And when I went into the gym, I said, you know, I'm I'm thinking about joining. And I had my daughter with me. She was four at the time. I said, you know, I want something me and my daughter can do for mm-hmm. fitness and just, you know, something mommy and me. Mm-hmm. And he said, do I have the thing for you? And by the time I got done with him, I signed a three-year contract for both of us. So, you know, I was locked in. Wow. How, how old were you when you started? Um, I was 22. So you were, you weren't really like a kid, kid starting. You were more of a young adult starting. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was an adult with a real job doing real things. And I, Again, when I started, it was really for fitness, and I wanted something that was going to teach me a self-defense at the same time. I, I just didn't want to check a box. Um, mm-hmm. All of my other friends were doing cool things like marathons and triathlons, and I'm not good on bikes, and I'm really the slowest runner in the world. And <laughs> Don't you know, like it, I back, bet. <laughs> yeah, now like- they were doing aerobics and killing it and great finding left while I was going right. I'm like, this is not my thing. So, um, yeah. I found this and I was just kind of, it was, it was my tribe of people, if you will. Yeah, I, I, I get you. Cause um, I started kind of in a similar way only with my, my daughter got me into like a cardio kick. Well, she wanted to take karate and got me into a, and then I took a cardio kickboxing class and I, I never looked back. I mean, I bounced around trying to figure out, but once I found Muay Thai, I was like, this is my thing. You know, I love it. Yeah. No. I mean, you're either going to love it or hate it or say, oh my gosh, this is so not me. But, yeah. you know, when you find your thing, you find your thing. Yeah, for sure. So um, I think it was, you've been in a lot of, you know, it's funny that you went with um, Master Toddy because, you know, if he's got that kind of theatrical uh, or entertainer type of uh, personality, you are a good match for him because you have been in um, a few pictures, like I think it was Ring Girls. Vicious Vixens, um, that was an instructional video for Muay Thai. I can I can remember this coming out like, and then and then the big one, the big one was when you were on Oxygen, uh, with uh, the TV show uh, Fight Girls, and um, you I think you were in the first season and the second season, which there were only two, and on the second season you were one of the um, trainer mentors for 10 fighters. Well, I've been dying to ask this for the last 10 years, I think. Um, <laughs> why didn't you pick me? <laughs> I, I, did, you, I, did you try out? Did you, did you send in your stuff? I applied. I applied. I was like, I could feel it. Like I, I got a phone call back. And, and, um, I mean, I sent in my video, my, all the questionnaire stuff. And then, um, they, they had called and asked about, I think, weight cutting. I had never done any of that, you know, like I, I didn't know, I never really had a fight or anything like that, but 
And I figured that's probably why they didn't that they didn't, but I, I just being silly, I had to ask them like, why didn't you pick me? Well, <laughs> you know, I wanted to be on well, that show so bad. <laughs> I would love to say that I had anything to do with picking the girls, but I didn't. That went through <laughs> casting. Um, trying to think at the time, um, I think the first season we had girls who had no fight experience. The second season, I think the only one who didn't have fight experience was um, a fitness instructor. Her name was Lisa. Mm-hmm. as well and um but i think everybody on there had um some some fight experience I, michelle waterson was on yes, there of I course she, she was on I, yep yeah she did karate i know felice was on um yep. she obviously came from a strong boxing background so you know when i say she probably had 20 or 30 boxing matches um, then you had Carrie Vera who had already been competing in MMA. Um, mm-hmm. so I legitimately don't think that there was anybody for the second season that, um, didn't come from some form of, uh, fighting and with a history of it in a different style. Right. Other than, like I said, that, that girl, um, cause you had Miriam Nakamoto who, you know, she's, she's been in this industry for quite some time. So, you know, I, I wouldn't take it personal. I think if they would have continued with these seasons, which they should have, um, yeah. you know, would have given more people an opportunity, but um, yeah, it was um, a good time. It was such a great thing from, you know, being able to watch and it was such an exciting time. And to me, it was one of um, the first, uh, you know, the biggest visibility for for women potentially as fighters or going into even mixed martial arts where it it, it kind of like uh, catapulted into that arena but that was the the show to me that that really did it and kind of put things on the map um on of all places oxygen tv it's funny because we were oxygen, but at the time, and you know, I'm, I probably never watched TV. So, um, I'm the first person, worst person to ask, but, um, they did a whole lot of, um, they did a whole lot of, um, cross promoting on spike TV. Um, so I think that's where we got the male audience. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's funny. I was, I was out and about at one point, um, my hair was on top of my head. It was in a bun. My makeup was so not done. And I just didn't necessarily have that look I'd want to have after, you know, Mm -hmm. to meet anybody. And Mm -hmm. there was this huge muscle bound bodybuilder who came up to me and he said, Oh, we were in a pretty crowded space. And he said, are you a, you're Lisa King, right? And I was like, what? He goes, you're the black widow. And I was like, uh, yeah, no, not me. And he goes, (laughs) yeah, no, you're the Black Widow. And I said, no, actually, I'm not. And my son was with me, and I was like, yeah, no, I'm not claiming to be me. Um, and he goes, yeah, you were. You were You were on that show, Fight Girls. And I'm like, well, I just want to know what the heck you were doing watching Oxygen. And um, <laughs> so he was just like, it was on Spike TV. You know, so, you know I just I had to call him out because he just called me out. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is horrible. Don't recognize me. This is not cute. <laughs> I'm sure you look great. <laughs> I don't know. I have a hot mess, but um, thank you for the better confidence. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you have no problem with confidence. You're one of the most confident women that I, I've I've seen out there. You know, like um, I think you're you know you're a, wom- uh, a woman that inspires a lot of other women with a lot of different things that you do, not only in the ring but outside of the ring. Um, you're right now. I think your entertainment career has led you into emceeing and ring announcing and commentating on martial arts events. Um, you know, how did you, you know, land into all that? I would love to say I came up with this on my own, but again, <laughs> this is another ma- master toddy thing. Um, you know, master toddy is the most resourceful man you'll ever meet. And, um, he, he came to me even before I started fighting, I was training with him and, professionally, I do marketing for a living. And he said, you know, I need you to go negotiate some contracts at the hotel. They don't understand me. And I said, sir, they do understand you. You lived in England for 10 years. You know, you, you speak fine. Now I need you to go negotiate contracts. So I started negotiating and doing promotions. And um, then he came to me and he said, you know, I, I need a commentator this weekend. And I'm like, okay, well, how do we find one? He goes, I need you to do it. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I don't do that, sir. 
And he's like, well, you're going to. So we stood in a room for like five hours while he was having me talk about what I saw and correct me and what I need to point out. And he threw me to the wolves on uh, one weekend and uh, sat me with, you know, a big boxing commentator. And it was, it was always sink or swim with that man. And, um, I started that and, you know, he did the same thing with ring announcing. So that, that's kind of how I got started. He would throw me into things. Well, wasn't that one of the drills in uh, Fight Girls? Did, did you guys have to do something in the pool or something? You, you guys were in the pool. He, he threw you in the pool and you guys were doing exercises in the pool or something. Yeah, we were just always like, okay, does he do this just for shock value or what? But yeah, <laughs> he did it, I think, in the first season where... You know, I still get grief about it where they'll be like, uh, we had a scene where he threw a bunch of apples in the pool. We were in Phuket and he was teaching us how to drop our knuckle, use our knuckle, if you will. And um, he was like, uh, you know, I want you to knock that apple to the bottom of the pool. We're like, how are you supposed to do that? He goes, find your target and use your knuckle. And ironically, it went to the bottom of the pool. So um, in the fight, when I was, um, you know, fighting my opponent and she was all lathered up with Thai oil and Vaseline oh, yeah. and nothing, no kick, no knee was sticking. He was like, baby, just box. And I was like, box. He's like, yeah, just, just out boxer. And he goes, and he kept screaming, remember the apple, remember the apple. And I just, I'll go places to this day. People will be like, remember the apple, Lisa. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. But yeah, he's very unorthodox. He's very Mr. Miyagi. That's awesome. That's a, and I mean, when you found him, I mean, were you living in Las Vegas at the time, or I was. I um, and that, I had moved here back in '91, and um, so I originally was looking for Capoeira. We didn't have it here because I figured it had the dance style, it had the martial arts, and you know, just I like the music. I was like, that seems cool. We're going to start there, but there was none. And that's what started me down every other martial arts was just looking for what was available. Is it swords I like? Is it knives? Is it, you know, staffs? Whatever it is. I I just kept going from gym to gym and nothing gave me the Master Toddy feel other than Master Toddy. Yeah, it sounds like a, a great relationship you've had with him over the years. That sounds awesome. Wow. I keep saying he's pretty much helped raise me. Um, so um, we had Master Chan, and not to take anything away from Master Chan, because that man has spent more hours doing pad work with me. And, you know, he's probably my height, my size. So mm-hmm. anything he does, he teaches me to do. Um, you know, Master Toddy, in his personal opinion, would have everybody stand there and uh, knock each other out. You know, he doesn't want a much bunch of movement. So, you know, for me, I look like Tigger. I was in and out and in and out and in and out. And that was really Master Chan. But, you know, Master Toddy really uh, set the tone, set the stage for me. That's awesome. So you're, you're still active in Muay Thai. And uh, you do you instruct like a woman's self-defense program or? Yes, I've been doing that for, gosh, many, many years now. Um, I've had the opportunity to do it for, um, um, I was at a police owned gym. So everybody military or police would come in and bring their family or their kids. And that was pretty amazing. Um, and then, um, it just kind of branched out that I was working with an executive protection company for many years Mm. where I just fly all over the country and and do that. Um, and so I, now I just kind of go where I'm needed and, um, it's it's extremely rewarding um, to teach people who may have been timid, may have been a victim of some sort of abuse. And, you know, they just, they freeze as soon as they get into a compromising situation and being able to have them get their head in the right space so they can, you know, talk themselves through what they need to do in a horrible situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. I, it's one of those those uh, things you don't do enough, but when you do, you're just like, okay, it all makes sense. Um, yeah, I can, I, I, I hear you on that, man. I, I, I mean, when you, when you talk about it, I just, I had like a little heart, like, cause I, 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 I can remember working with some women that had been, um, raped or something and then their struggle coming through that, but they would do it through martial arts training and they would put themselves in, you know, it was a safe environment, but you know, it brought up those emotions for them, those fears. And so when that, when that happens and you're able to kind of help them through it, and then you hear stories about them being super empowered outside in the world, it's like such an awesome feeling. 
It really is. And you can see it. You can see the shift as soon as you sit down and, you know, you're having them go through the drills and they're okay. And then you come to the point where, you know, now it's more force on force. It's not going through the motions. Now, you know, it's applicable. You've got a person coming at you. What are you going to do? I'm asking them to dig deep and, you know, what mm-hmm. would they fight for? And you can actually see them working through it in their head. And, um, yeah. you know, you just let them know you're doing this so it never happens again. Or you at least have, you know, some skill sets to choose how you're going to handle that. You know, do you run? Do you fight? Do you do scream? You know, how are you going to address that, that hideous situation? I, um, mm. I had an opportunity. I really didn't know what I was getting myself into, but I had a, a company call and they said, hey, will you work with um, some girls? They've been a part of human trafficking. I had no wow. idea what exactly, you know, was it like the movie Take It? You know, yeah. is it, what was it? And um, I had 20 girls show up with ankle bracelets. And they were young. They were picked up. They had Johns. And uh, good Lord. And I was like, out of these twenty, how many are going to be engaged in this? And I can tell you, out of out of twenty, there was nineteen who really wanted to know how not to be a victim. Um, you know, how to be empowered. And it was great. There was the one that just stood off to the side. They're like, the court's making me do this. And I'm like, you can watch all you want. Like, I'm still going to teach. You know, hopefully you'll join in. But you know, you're not going to win everybody over. Um, but that is really empowering. And I'd have to say, you know, it's as good for them as it is for me. My best situation was as I did a class, it was four part series. And, you know, we have the girls full on attacked in a parking lot with a guy in a black suit. They don't know how they're getting attacked. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if they they weekly go through it, I set them through it again. I'll tell them I'll be, I'll stay for the next 24 hours. till you figure this one out, you got the tools. And someone was attacked three weeks later at a park. And, She called back to the studio and she's like, I just need to get a message back to Lisa. She said one of the things she was just naturally good at was elbows. And as soon as the guy had attacked her, she was with her dog. She said, my elbow is so, so bruised. I did a (laughs) clinic elbows on this guy's head. She ran away as soon as I just, she goes, and I was like, I'm not done. No, I will not be a victim. And I was like, oh my God, I love it. It's amazing. So. That is awesome when you bring their their monster up or that, you know, you know it, that that adrenaline kind of that, that raw, you know, that is just going to take somebody's head off. I know you know it because I've seen you fight and, and uh, <laughs> to, to help bring that up in another woman it, who never, never could bring it up on her own is, is so awesome. It really is cool. Um, I had another really fun story where I had, it was a grandmother, her daughter, and her daughter's daughter, so three generations, and mm-hmm. um, one being a teenager. And, you know, the grandmother was certainly not running marathons, um, but, you know, when it came to being attacked, you know, the, the granddaughter was eh, went through the motions because she was too cool to be there. You know, the daughter did her thing, but the grandmother, she was supposed to knee the guy two or three times. I think she did something <laughs> like tie bow. She did, went for 15 knees, and as the guy doubled over in the black padded suit, She's now, and the guy's got a helmet on. She is still kneeing him in the head. And I cannot pull grandma off this guy to save my life. I jumped in there. And and the poor guy who was a cop here in Las Vegas, he was literally like, he was shaken at the point that he was just like, I just need a minute. I was like, that was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Wish I had video. Oh, no kidding. Wow. That that sounds so funny. I would love to see that. Oh my gosh. It's great. Like yeah. when you get, I, and it's amazing when you bring that stuff up in these ladies, it's like good grief. You know, they really <laughs> unleash, they unleash the beat. just did not care. The other ones were a little bit more hesitant, but you know, this is why I tell people all the time, you know, do not judge a book by its cover. You don't know what someone's going on inside. They may just be looking for that opportunity. So, kind of funny. <laughs> that is. So what, what's, the, what's the number one advice you give women you teach uh, to empower them? Like what's the, like the real core thing that, that you want to give, like even not meeting them to work out with them and they're hearing you now through a live, you know, through a broadcast. What's the, that number one piece of advice? You know, everybody has their perceivable obstacles, and I've heard it, and I've watched everybody work through it. I'm too old. I don't have enough time. I'm too out of shape. I'm too this, this, and this. Everybody has 
an objective as to why they can't do it, why they can't train. And I have seen everybody work through it when they really, really want something. So if you really, really want something, whether it's this sport or another sport or going back to school or whatever it is, if you legitimately want to do it, and I've seen a lot of people, you know, conquer things that they didn't think that they could, then you just need to do it. You just need to put a plan in motion and commit to it. Write it down. Say, you know, hey, I fitness is my thing. I'm, you know, I'm out of shape. This is unhealthy for me. I want to be alive 40 years from now to see my kids. Write it down. Set some goals for yourself. I, I'm not the one. Every every New Year's, I don't set new year, new me goals. I just maybe have something that I want to be better at. And I write it down and I make sure it's measurable and I make sure that I'm accountable. That's awesome. I think uh, oftentimes people aren't accountable. They they just kind of, they, they start something and they stop it and and they don't carry through on things. Um, and, and that's the, their biggest hang up. If they just stuck to it and kept to the practice or the discipline of something, then they, they would notice major results and changes or shifts in their, in their, in their, um, in their world, in their outer world, you know, internally, but also externally. So you're, oh, so- yeah. whoops, sorry. Go, Go ahead. ahead. No, I just, um, you know, I, I had met a couple of women this weekend and um, I've met them one time prior and they just, started working out um, and they had not done it in forever. And I said, well, you know, how many days a week? And they were like, we're, we're three days a week. We're committed. We're meal prepping four days a week. And, um, and I said, so what, what is your advice for people? And they were like, to be honest with you, I'm exhausted. I'm absolutely exhausted. But at the same time, I'm also energized. It's the weirdest balance right now because mm-hmm. I've thrown myself into it. Yet it's also empowering to you to know that, Hey, I'm here. I'm showing up. I'm putting up and, you know, if you start it today, could you imagine three months from now how much further you're going to be? It's going to suck at first. I, and I tell people that all the time. Yeah. I don't care if it's a new job. If You know, I work in healthcare. If I went to a different discipline, for the next 90 days, my head's going to spin. If I go to a nif- different gym, if I go to a different martial arts, for the first 90 days, it's not oh. going to be pleasant. But if I want that change, I'll be comfortable being uncomfortable for that amount of time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, any any sort of change is gonna is gonna be uncomfortable. I know I'm going through a couple courses right now, and I'm like, ah. (laughs) Every time I turn around, I'm like, oh my god, I can't deal. (laughs) And I deal, you know. Yeah, it's a miracle. It works out. It definitely does. So you're so confident. I mean. Um, have you always been that way? Like, I mean, you, you moved away from home, you went to a whole other city. Did you do that by yourself Uh, or were you married or with kids or how, how was that when you, when you, um, when you moved out to Las Vegas? Um, well, so to answer that question, I'll just back up a little bit. Was I always this confident? No, there was a, a major change. I was actually really, really shy as a child and kids would come over to play and I would tell my mom I didn't want to go, which probably made me look not pleasant, but I was shy. I didn't want to meet anybody, mm-hmm. you know, fast forward to today. And I'm like, hello, my name's Lisa. I'd like to, you know, I just, I'm going to deal with the awkward to get to whatever, you know, I love meeting people. Yeah. But there was a change in, um, in um, my mother's from Brooklyn. So she's very East coast, very hardcore, very tell it like it is. Um, but she moved me to a population that had never never dealt with um, diversity, if you will. I was about the darkest thing they had ever saw. When I was little, I was about 10 shades darker. And um, first day of first grade, I knew no one in this small little town in Oregon of 15,000 people. And a girl came up to me and she told me, "Um, I'd love to invite you to a party, uh, my birthday party. I'm inviting the whole entire class, but you can't go because, you know, she wasn't allowed to invite dark people. Oh my God. that's the first time I dealt with any sort of prejudice. And, um, you know, I'm half Spanish, half Russian, and every part of my family looks really white, except for me. I'm, I'm literally the black sheep of my family. And um, <laughs> like, again, I've gotten lighter over the years, but that's what I was dealing with as a little kid. And there was another girl in class who was Hawaiian, half Hawaiian. So mm-hmm. I just went up to her and I'm like, you're going to be my best friend. because There's going to be a whole lot of prejudice. And so that, that day, there was a huge change in me. And later on in the week, I decided to form my own cheerleading squad. This is first grade. Oh my and goodness. I was, decided to form my own cheerleading squad. And 
let everybody try out. And there was people in third grade trying out for my team. There was no team. I just decided to create my team. And um, (laughs) everybody was trying out. And I was like, we're going to be by the football field. This is what we're going to do. I don't even know where this came from, but I just decided this was who I was going to (laughs) be. And that's what happened. And um, by second grade, I remember the teacher coming up and she's like, "Uh, Lisa, yeah, I'm well aware who you are. And um, you need to play with children. They don't have to audition to play with you. And I'm like, um, yeah, I know my rights and I don't have to play with anybody if I don't want to. So my outspokenness started then and it just kind of never stopped. Wow. That is so, you empowered yourself. <laughs> I, was, I had to dig deep. They were going to eat me alive. <laughs> oh, I'd say, wow. Yeah. So what, I mean, it, what it would you funny. say? What would you say? Where did that come from? I mean, was it having, you know, older brothers or you're a strong mother? Um, how did, how were you able to dig deep at, at such a young age? You know, I think, well, A, I had older brothers. Um, and <laughs> I think that they gave me a lot of confidence. Um, they broke me down to build me up. And, um, you know, my mother coming from, you know, East Coast people, I got to give it to them. They, yeah. they really have that confidence. Um, and, you know, she had made it very clear to me at that time that, you know, there's nothing I couldn't do if I put my mind to it. Everything that as a mother you're supposed to say, but she was pretty convincing. So I was just like, uh, okay, well, this is, this is how I'm going to get everybody on my side or not. So um, wow. I don't even know where that came from, but the girl that I befriended and told her I'm taking you under my wing this day we're still you know just that's my best childhood friend and we still visit each other and you know we laugh about (laughs) we both remember that day it was just a pivotal time (laughs) that's amazing my my next question was going to be but I'm thinking this might have you might have just answered it but if there's anything else was um uh, what has been your greatest challenge when dealing with fear and how did you overcome it (laughs) but my god you did it at an early age wow (laughs) Yeah, you know, I, um, as far as fears, there's plenty of things that have come up where I'm like, I would never, I would never, I would never. And mm. there was someone who sat me down probably over 20 years ago and they were like, I don't care what the opportunity is and how scared you are, embrace it. You know, it's coming to you for a reason. And, um, you know, everything always works out. You know, it's really one of those, you know, whatever your religious background is in whoever you believe in. She's like, just put it in the universe. Like it's never going to fail you. And somehow, some way I bought into that concept. So being that I love Muay Thai and I tend to gravitate towards um, extreme sports or anything adrenaline driven, if anything is a fear for me or makes me feel awkward, I actually love that because then it's an adrenaline dump and I just kind of embrace that. And I'm just like, okay, I love to be uncomfortable just to see how I'm going to work through it, I guess. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, you're it's fair to say you're kind of like a modern day ninja. I mean, I know I think on your your website you're listed as a renaissance woman, but you're like a little mini ninja <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. And, and I don't know about that. <laughs> well, you hold certifications in tactical tactical disciplines, firearms and surveillance you know, resulting in, you know, in experience in the field. What does experience in the field mean? (laughs) Well, that's a whole nother story. I, uh, when I was doing fight girls, actually, I got a call from an executive protection company, which I had no idea what that was at the time. And they were like, Hey, we want to talk to you about an opportunity, which again, I was told, don't turn away any opportunity because you're scared of it. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what this is, but we're going to have a conversation. It was a bunch of police officers and ex-police officers and they flew me to San Francisco and I go into a room with a bunch of ninjas meaning they were all dressed in black and it was just like something from you know a crazy movie and they were like have you ever thought about being an operator and I'm like I don't even know what that <laughs> means like, other than when AT&T calls <laughs> like, yeah, you're in. yeah and I'm like um hmm can you explain that? And they're like, well, you know, sometimes we have to protect people, you know, maybe they're high risk for kidnapping or this. I'm like, whoa, why would you call me? Like, no, I actually have never thought about that. Thank you so much. And they were like, they broke it down to me pretty well. And they were like, um, yeah, well, if you're crazy enough to fly around the world and get your face, you know, 
punched, kicked, beat in, whatever you want to use to explain it. It's a possibility you'd be interested in this. And I'm like, no, I've kind of got a job. I'm good. And they're like, what if we pay you to trade? And I'm like, no, I kind of have a job. And they're like, let me make an offer to you. And I'm like, well, I don't even do these things. They're like, we will pay you to go train in this, 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 and this, this, this. And, you know, you'll be on the range X amount of hours. And I'm like, and I'm going to get paid my salary to do this? Yeah, sign me up. I'm good. And that's kind of how it started. So they just trained me to be whatever they needed me to be. And um, they just dragged you right in. They said, yep, there's our girl. (laughs) Yeah, well, they're like, we need you to blend. We love that you're, you know, professionally, you work in the corporate world. You know, Mm -hmm. you've got kind of got two distinct personalities. You've got the whole fighter world. Then you've got corporate America. And these clients are all millionaires and billionaires. And they need a person who could talk their talk not draw attention to them. We've got the big guys. We definitely check that box, but we need a person who could be sitting next to that client armed, ready to do whatever we need to do. And, and, no one's gonna know. and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> sign me up. Sounds like a great idea. I have no idea what I'm signing up for, but yeah, let's do this. Oh my, oh my word. You, that is just hilarious. We could make a movie about you getting that call. I could just see it. <laughs> You're like, what? Yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, that's but so yeah, that's a great idea. I'm going to jump on the next plane, go talk to you guys in San Francisco, and um, yeah, let's further this conversation of ridiculousness. But yeah, I did that for many, many years. Yeah, so now you, I mean, you, you actually um, uh, set up um, surveillance stuff for um, other females. Um, yeah, so... Well, I, I do work with protection companies. Um, I've worked with a few of them and they'll hire me out based on, hey, I need um, a female agent to work with a female client. Maybe it's, um, you know, sometimes the female clients, meaning maybe they're the wife of, you know, this hotel mogul, let's just say. Mm-hmm. They want to go shopping. They want to go on a trip. They want to go here and there, but there's a threat to them of some sort. You know, they don't want the six, five guy following them. It's going to draw attention to them. They kind of just want to blend. Yeah, especially uh, if they're in a store shopping and trying on things and... Right, or they're going to a concert or they're going out with their friends. I mean, there's nothing that screams, hey, maybe you should pay attention to me than the big guy following with those wraparound glasses that we all know what he does. So, mm. you know, the difference between them and me is, you know, about a foot and, um, <laughs> you know, a whole heck of a lot of weight difference. And, um, you know, I could be whatever, you know, I'm introduced as the paralegal, the nanny, the friend, the secretary, I am whatever they need me to be. That sounds like a fun gig for sure. It, it definitely is. I've actually, I've really loved my clients. So. Yeah, that sounds really, really cool. So that I, you're definitely a ninja. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, how do you assist others in overcoming bullying um, and help them achieve self-empowerment? Well, to be honest with you, you know, I get a lot of calls from women who maybe have been in, you know, a domestic violence type of situation or, you know, girls, I I get teenagers too. And they're like, Hey, can you just help them with confidence? You know, I can give them motivational quotes (laughs) per week. Like just like everybody else does on social media. That's not my thing. I do love positivity, Mm -hmm. but for me, I think, um, you know, they'll say, Hey, maybe we should just work on fitness. And I'm like, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't do Taibo and I don't do, you know, cardio. I, I, not because that's not my thing. It's just, Mm -hmm that's not what I excel in. And I think you can kind of, you know, you should stay true to, you know, what you're good at. So right. for, for me, you know, they don't even realize they're doing Muay Thai. They're, you know, at the mm-hmm. gym, they're working out, we're working on some things. We're talking about what their fears are, what happened at school that day, or, you know, what happened the last time they went to the grocery store and felt really awkward that someone was following them and kind of talking them through them and, you know, teaching them to follow their gut level instinct and things of that nature. But I will say, you know, as you know, because it sounds like, you know, you started with cardio kickboxing mm-hmm. and then got to the point of, hmm, maybe I should fight, you know, yeah. there's just a certain confidence when you know what you're good at, mm. when you know, like, oh, wow, you know, I probably really could do some damage with that. Or, <laughs> wow, I, that person flew when I was sparring with them or whatever. And mm. it just comes, you know, you, you might not have showed up saying, hey, I want confidence. Maybe it was just fitness. But you know, with that precision and the accuracy, 
how good that feels when you land a shot. So, oh, yeah. um, I mean, I can see from your face that you're just like, yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it kind of comes with the package. Um, we used to see people come into Master Toddy's gym and their head was down. They would not make eye contact mm -hmm. and give them six months, you know, first month they're like, yeah, I'm doing this third month. They're like, yeah, they're beating me. And six months, <laughs> like, okay, I might be able to start throwing a couple shots in there. That's pretty freaking cool. So, um, you know, give it a time and that confidence just comes. I think it just, um, you know, comes with the, the territory. And when you're around so many confident people, I mean, I, I call all my friends superheroes. They really are. Everybody has their own specialty of what they're good at or mm -hmm. what they excel at. And, um, you know, you're around that type of environment. You can't not adapt to it. You can't not just by osmosis, you're going to have that confidence. That's so awesome. Were you, were you ever bullied as a kid? Yes. Actually, I was. Um, and it's funny because all these people are on my Facebook, you know, clients, the wives, the people I protected. And there was one bully who came up to me. Again, I was raised in a very segregated community, would probably be the political correct way of doing this. I wasn't in a cool place like Portland or Eugene. And um, someone came up to me and used a derogatory term um, to describe mm -hmm. me. And I said, um, you know, it was a boy and I was in sixth grade and um, I said, I'm sorry, what'd you say? And he used the N word and I said, oh. say it to my face. Wow. So he moved closer and he was significantly taller mm. and um, he said it to my face. And again, I had those brothers who were mm. constantly sparring with me, constantly making sure I was never a victim. And he said it to my face. I mean, he took the step and um, I just used a right and it was a right hook to the temple and it was the first time I ever felt bone on bone which was the grossest feeling in the world but I dropped them <laughs> awesome. and um, everybody was just like wow that just happened which of course word spreads when things like that happen it was just and I was tiny I was always <laughs> just really 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 small so the fact that I was able to drop a big kid that was bullying me you know I, mm. I didn't really have to worry too much after that because either I was had to have been deemed crazy or not going to be the victim so <laughs> what a spread I don't know which one it was but um yeah I didn't really have to worry about too much after that that's pretty awesome it's always good to have those little stories I, I can see now like at the progression of confidence in you you just didn't take any crap from anybody <laughs> you, know? you were just like no nope. <laughs> Because <laughs> what do you do when you say say it to my face? That you, you just hope that, that person just walks away and you're just like one more big step towards you. I said you have to do something at that point. Yeah. But walking away, you're punk. So yeah. I, I, I kind of take it you'd be the type of mom that like if your kid came home and they were bullied and you you'd probably tell them, okay, use your words, use your words, but then at some point you gotta haul off and punch off <laughs> if they get in your face. <laughs> A million percent. I, I actually, I've kind of got two stories and I know we don't have five hours, so I'll make it brief. Mm -hmm. So my son was, um, my son is really docile. He's so sweet. I've got two children. He's the one that I always say in the zombie apocalypse is going to be behind the scenes, probably setting up where everybody's going to be and mobilizing everybody. My daughter's going to be frontline guaranteed. She's me. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so, um, I just got done. It was probably 2000, or maybe I want to fight with a lot of axe kicks and the kick goes up and it comes down on the nose. And when he was that small, I wouldn't let him go to the fights because anything can happen. If I get hurt, he'll be traumatized and be in therapy. So I should get a call from the school after he had watched my fight about a hundred times. And they said, you know, we got to talk to you. You know, Porter had a situation. I'm like, Porter had a situation. He's the sweetest kid in the world. And they're like, yeah, well, he was outside making sandcastles and the kid came by and just kicked it over. And I said, well, what happened? He goes, he told the teacher. And I said, okay. And um, I said, so what happened? He goes, well, then he built another sandcastle and the kid came over and kicked it over. And I was like, okay. And so what happened? He goes, he told the teacher. And I said, did the teacher do anything? And they're like, no, not really. She's keeping an eye on him. And I said, okay, so what happened next? She goes, he built a sandcastle. The kid came over, knocked it over. Porter stood up and he did this really crazy kick to the kid. And I said, well, what happened? He goes, the foot went up and then it just 
the, the heel came down upon the nose and I was like, was his leg really, really straight? You know, I really wanted to know was his form good? And um, I was like, okay, so he was, he gave the kid two chances and then he had to defend himself. They're like, yeah. And I'm like, well, I'll deal with it, but I really don't want him being a victim. And they're like, Miss King. And I'm like, it is what it is. Like how many times does he have to tell the kid? I bet he won't mess up his sandcastle ever again. Yeah. So yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. I think so. So yeah, too. I'm that parent. <laughs> I think so. I think that's definitely the appropriate way to handle that. I, I know there's other um, parents out there that probably wouldn't agree, but to me, I'm like, it's the only way to handle it with it, with another kid, you know, as long as they're kind of on the same level or if the kid's bigger than them or whatever, it's the only way to handle it. Well, and I think the kid was three years older. He was just picking on the little yeah. kids because I remember there was a huge size difference. And I was like, yeah. you did that to that kid? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <So>. right. <laughs> That's exactly. so awesome. Um, is there, um, what are some personal ha or daily habit or um, that you do that contributes to your success? Well, I would have to say that I'm a, I'm a creature of habit. Um, professionally, I travel every week. I'm somewhere, you know, a day or two or three. So everything, like if I, you went to my office right now, it's in disarray. Everything's in disarray, but everything has a place and it goes back to its place at night. Everything, you know, if you walked into my closet, I, one might call it OCD, but everything has its colors, the, the, the whites and the tans, and it progressively goes through it because I can find anything at any given point. And, you know, I, I get grief all the time. I'm always dressed in black. I don't want to have to think about it. I just get up and go. If I've got to be at a professional meeting, great. If I've got to do executive protection, great. I just, I try to simplify things, I guess. Um, and it seems hard at first, but the more organized you are, the more you can do. So if everything around me is a mess, I can't think straight. So, um, you know, that being that I like to do a thousand things and I have, you know, a thousand different careers, I, it just really kind of keeps me centered. That's actually really awesome. I think it's so true. Um, you know, to, to be organized, you have to be. And I think you, as you age, that's something that I found. It's like, oh, being very, uh, you know, things in their places and everything I think is so true. So do you have a story um, of a time in your journey as a martial artist when you experienced kind of like an aha moment of realization? Oh, realization. <laughs> well, I, I had a realization, you know, there, there's always, okay, so I started for fitness and I started for self-defense. I got the fitness out of the way. I got, you know, asked to, um, to fight and I really didn't want to do that. It just didn't seem like a, what coincided with my professional world working in healthcare and whatnot. But I had a situation where, um, you know, in a fight, you're matched up with a person, your height, your weight, probably your experience level. You spar with the big guys and, you know, you kind of have that confidence like we talked about earlier where you're like, okay, well, if, you know, if something happens, I should be able to defend myself. Um, but I had a situation where a client um, apparently had hired a private investigator to follow me around, didn't know this at the time. Wow. And my daughter um, just had this gut level feeling, the same thing I always teach, got a gut level feeling, go with it. And she pulled up some blinds in my house at 9 p.m. at night. And she was like, mom, so-and-so. And it was a client who had become a friend. So-and-so's hiding in the bushes. Huh. So, and I was like, there's no way, because this is a professional human. There's no way that they would be doing that. So I called them. I hear their phone ringing outside my house. I'm like, this is really weird and awkward. And so just like a movie, I teach people, use your gut level feeling. Don't put yourself in danger. And, you know, everything I preach, you know, yeah. you don't have the chance to practice it. So I call them and I was like, are you at my house? They're like, yeah, actually, I just stopped by. And I'm like, but are you at the bushes? You know, and that would give about a thousand red flags. Mm. Um, He's such a nice human, and um, so he's like, I just need to talk to you. You couldn't have called? So I was like, I'm really kind of busy because my gut level feeling saying, you should probably not answer the door, but my intellect saying, what's the worst that could happen? So oh my, my kids God. are inside the house, and, you know, he's probably, you know, 5'10", 190, and, um, you know, so bigger than me, but I've sparred with significantly bigger, mm -hmm. and you've got an untrained person 
Um, so he said, just give me five minutes of your time. Again, I'm being told in my mind, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. But I'm like, he's not going to do anything. So I open the door and he body slams me. My oh kids my are God. there. I go into mama bear mode and in a fight, in a ring with a referee and every, all of those dynamics, it's so fast. You don't even really know what's going on. You know, you get done and people are like, you were so obnoxious. You were on top of the ropes. I'm like, no, I wasn't. You really don't know until you watch a video. Right. In that situation, it was like the matrix. Everything was so slow. And I'm like, knowing what they did, they probably are really going to need their eyes. They had glasses on. I'm like, if I hit them there, you know, they're probably going to be blind. I should not do it. And I'm thinking through everything, but still wow. using my technique to be able to maneuver them, to stop them, to front kick them to the stomach, for them to, you know, double over, for me to use my, you know, protection experience, get, you know, move their body around without them even knowing, mm-hmm. and then kind of get them out the door. To me, seemed like it took five minutes. It was so slow-mo. My daughter, on the other hand, who was downstairs, and she has been in it since she's four. She's probably like 16 or 17 at the time. She said, Mom, I raised my hand. And before I could even do anything, everything was completely done. And you had him outside the door. (laughs) She's like, that was the fastest thing I'd ever seen. You just went into boom, 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 boom. Wow. To me, that's an aha moment because it's everything I teach. You know, I was like a bad movie where you're like, don't do it. Don't go outside. And here I am. I'm doing it and I'm going outside. And (laughs) however, it works in my favor. Wow. Yeah. It sounded like a bit of a horror movie and then, but it worked out for you. (laughs) Thank God. But you were were the one that would survive. Well, it's funny because when the cop showed up, it was shortly after Fight Girl, the cop that showed up, it was an older gentleman. And he goes, what happened? Because I, I kept him there until the police got there. And um, and I said, you know, I explained the situation. He goes, excuse me, ma'am, I got a question for you. And I was like, what that? And he goes, aren't you the Black Widow? And I was like, what? And he goes, my wife and I are such fans of yours. Can I get an autograph? And I'm like, yeah, can we deal with that when we get done dealing with this? Like, I think we need to remove him from the premises. Like, how are you going to address that? So he was nice. He came and patrolled my neighborhood for like every day for the next month. It was amazing. So it was fun. That is such a great story. Oh my gosh. Wow. I'm glad you're okay and nothing happened. What What was the deal with that guy? I mean, what, what did he want? He was just stalking you? He was just stalking me. You know, people get weird. You know, it just, it is what it is. They can't have what they think they want or whatever. And my whole thing is I'm just, I wasn't interested in anything because I was really concentrating on fighting, you know, and that kind of can consume your world. And I was like, you're an amazing person. You know, I'm not trying to be that human, but I was just like, you're amazing. I'm just not interested, you know, and some people just can't take no for an answer. So it just, it was what it was. But, um, you know, I guess my aha moment was, that yes, this is completely applicable to the real world, you know? Um, and he told the cop, he goes, I've seen her fight, you know, but I've seen her fight people, her age, uh, her size and whatnot. He goes, I did not think that that was going to work on someone my size. He, I mean, he admitted that. And, um, and he didn't get any further than body slamming me. And I was just like, it was game on. So, um, <laughs> not even for my safety, it was just the fact that my kids were there. I'm like, this is not going to happen in front of my kids. And, Obviously, he's gone temporary, temporarily insane because this is not characteristic of him. And, you know, this mm. is just, yeah, I, I want no part of it. But, you know, it was nice to know it was practical, <laughs> definitely practical yeah, use of. Definitely test your skills in the ring and out of the ring <laughs> for sure. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you have a story of, um, in, your, in your journey? in your life journey where you experienced failure and um, what did you learn from it? Oh, well, the only thing that I don't even know if it's failure. Um, um, well, there's a, there's a, there's a couple things. The first thing that I learned with failure is, you know, even though I can stand on my tippy toes and kick anybody in the face, um, I am not the most graceful human being in the whole entire world. And um, my first fight was just a train wreck. 
So in Muay Thai, as you know, you know, one of the things is it's very Buddhist and you've got it. That's why you do the Rimboy and seal off the evil spirits and, you know, you channel them towards you and it's a ceremonial, you know, dance, if you will. Um, there's a lot you can gauge on your opponent. So, um, you know, they also want you to climb the top rope, which I'm only 5'5". Five five. That's a lot. Um, but you kind of either got to jump over it. And if the guys at 6'3 are doing it, 5'5 five five is a little bit more difficult. So, you know, um, they're holding it down. And and the commission had just told us back in the day that girls had to wear female cups, which there's no female cup. There's like a female sumo. Yeah, I remember that. that. Weird. Oh, my God, it's horrible. It's like a mattress you wrap around your waist and, you know, it's just aesthetically non-pleasing and B, you can't move in it. So, you know, it's kind of hard when you're kicking and stuff. So, anyways, the commission tells me I need to put this thing on the day before. So, I have to find this horrible apparatus. It's like and a chastity belt. <laughs> it's like, what it's, the hell? It's really, yeah, yeah, it's definitely a chastity belt because you're going nowhere with that. So, anyways, um, so I go, so I was like, sir, can I just go through the second rope? And he's like, no, 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 no. It gives you good luck if you go over the top. And I'm like, eh. And he's like, just try to jump. I'm like, I can't. I got like four inches of this thing that's really not good. So, anyways, he tells me to jump it. So, I've got gloves on. So, just think of, you know, things that are controlling your hands. You can't, you don't have fingers to use like MMA gloves. Mm. And I go to, you know, jump over this rope. And this thing gets stuck on the rope. I am teetering on this rope. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> like, like, I know nothing good is coming out of this. Oh, no. I don't have a person to crane me off of it. I can't get over this rope. I am stuck on my female growing protection on this rope. And I'm going to fall. <laughs> and I'm like, excuse me now. So, is just this bodied up fitness girl. She probably has a negative 2% body fat. She's like five, eight, five, nine. And she has a 20 pack of abs. So she's across the ring looking like a true fighter. She's got Mel Menor, who is one of Master Cotty's old world champions. So I know technique wise, she's good. Mm -hmm. I'm teetering. And I'm like, I just, I'm going to have to just fall. Like there's nothing else I could do. So I throw myself over and I fall. And I see the whole crowd. They're crying. Melcher Menor, the opposing team and trainer, is crying. He is literally slapping the match. And my opponent is crying. And I was like, the fight hasn't even started. And I am just a hot mess. So, anyways, I look at Master Tani, and he's shaking my head, his head like, oh, my God. That's my Lisa. So, anyways, you know, I go back to, remember, my mom had me dance and cheerleading <laughs> and pageants and stuff like that. So, I put my hands up in the air, and I parade around the room as if this was meant to be. And I go back to the corner, and I'm like, just shoot me. Like, please, God, just, if you could just pick me up out of this ring and put me anywhere else in the world, I promise I'll be good. I'll never do anything bad. And ironically, that didn't happen. So, as I'm a... Uh, sitting there, I'm like, I have to win. Like, that is it. Now I need to go kill her. I mean, that is now my only goal. And uh, the bell rings. And, um, you know, it's just turned into a boxing match. She had boxing as a, a, you know, a previous sport. And we are just, our only defense is offense. Our heads are just, you know, going back. We look we look atrocious. And, um, you know, after the second round, I think I did like a 30 punch combo and she wasn't going anywhere. She did the same thing to me. And I was just like, well, neither of us are going to die. And so finally, after the second round, I finally hear the whole crowd and they start chanting my name and I hear Lisa, Lisa, and it goes throughout the whole thing. And I, I dug really, really, really deep because I had no energy. I had no air the longest three minute rounds of my life. And I came back and I just, I pulled off the win and, it was the best feeling in the world because really I was committed to, there was no other option with that fight, but I had to win or just move out of the country, I guess, because it was that atrocious. People still talk about that fight. We did get fight of the night that night, though, so it was pretty awesome. Awesome. So what was your, what was your major takeaway with failure jumping over the, the rock? Well, you, you know, fail big, you know, like anything, if you're going to win big, win big, if you're going to fail big, <laughs> you got to go big. And, uh, you know, then you got to redeem yourself. So it's okay to fail. Just what are you going to do next? So 
Um, and I failed big. Like I literally looked out and um, my brother actually had footage from the back of the room where people were bent over just hitting their neighbor, clapping their hands on their seats. I mean, it was that big of a deal. It was, it was horrible. So, you just kind of got to own it. If you're going to fail, own it. That's my words of wisdom. <laughs> oh my God. That is such an awesome story. I love it. <laughs> oh my word. I'm here for you. <laughs> That was a good one. Oh my gosh. Wow. Well, I tell you it's professionally, I've never been against anything that has been any worse than that one moment <laughs> of my life. So I just, I'm good with whatever. That's so awesome. Has there ever been um, a, a time in your life where you've been told no or kept back from doing something you really wanted because you felt like you were a woman and how did you handle it? You know, honestly, I don't think that I've had really too many women things. Um, I, I wasn't told no. I mean, there's there's been plenty of times that I was told, yeah, I don't really think you're qualified for that. Or, you know, maybe you should consider X, Y, Z. Um, you know, and I've overcome that. I would have to say it's my most entertaining one. And again, he's on Facebook, so he'll watch this, listen to this and whatnot. But one time one of my friends was going to – I don't know if it was an open audition or I don't know what it was, um, but it had to do with firearms. And again, back to executive protection, I spent a lot of time shooting, um, you know, and just like any other craft, if you do it a lot, you're great. If you stop training it, you're, you know, it's not so great. At that point I was training a lot. And um, so I show up and there's a bunch of guys, a bunch of military guys. They're going to be doing this infomercial kind of sort of, and I'm the token female as always, which I do like that role, mind you. Um, and so when I showed up, um, he's like, Oh, so are you here supporting someone? The guy doing the casting or, you know, he, he owned the product that was going to be on the infomercial. And I was like, um, no, actually I was here cause I heard that you were looking for a shooter. Well, have you, have you ever shot before? Well, I don't personally really know why I would show up to a shooting audition if I'd never shot before. So I was just like, now I'm playing it off. Cause I'd rather really just people underestimate me. I'm cool with that. So I was like, oh, once or twice I've used a gun. And he's like, well, okay, well, this is really for people who, you know, have, you know, really know how to aim. And I was like, okay, well, I'd sure like to try it. So um, anyway, so we get to the thing and they go through all the guys and, you know, they're shooting on steel and, mm. and shoot these vests and stuff and targets. And so he said, do you want to give it a try? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, do you, you know, what I'll do is I'll put the bullet in the chamber and you just aim and I was like no I'm good you know what part do you want me to shoot and he goes I'm sorry what and I was like upper right hand quadrant you know lower left hand quadrant you know throwing things out that should let him know that I may know what I'm doing and he's like um maybe up in that corner if you could and I was like okay so I do and he's like wow that was really accurate and I'm like thanks lucky so he said you want to try that again and I was like yeah and um so I did he goes and he's like well what about up here and I said do you want me shooting on the move do you want me kneeling do you want me highs and lows and blah 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 blah, blah. and he's like uh now how about we just shoot and I was like he's like I'm thinking more like this and I'm like well maybe we should just go over to that steel and do you know just a, a little progression or something you know and he, I, and he goes who and I said you and I and he goes what what do you mean and I said you me one of the other guys just to see who's who can outshoot who and he's like, okay, well, that actually takes a lot of skill. And I'm like, I'm feeling really lucky. So we went over there and my first take, I shoot down every, every thing of steel. The guy gets out there who is um, running this little exercise and he got like three out of the five or six. And then another one of the guys who was really good at long arms and we were on handguns. Um, I think he missed a couple of them too. Yeah. So, you know, I, I outshoot. I was able to outshoot them in a situation where I wasn't necessarily told no. I was just kind of deflected, like, you know, as if I was a groupie to be there that day. And I was like, no, I came to play. So needless to say, I got booked for that gig. So it was amazing. Um, and again, just like anything, you know, sometimes my mouth goes faster than my body. And I was like, dear baby Jesus, please let me shoot really good today. <laughs> I promise not to do X, Y, Z or one, two, three. So it worked out. That is so awesome. I'm like, oh my gosh, what, what an awesome story. You, you, I wish I could sit here and talk to you longer. I'm like, you have so many great stories that I think uh, people would love to hear. They're so empowering and, 
and uh, really in line with um, what we're what I'm trying to do with this 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 podcast and this show to really reach other women through through the power of of women that are in mixed martial arts that are like yourself. Is there anything um, that you'd like to say in in parting? Um, any words of wisdom or a shout out or um, just anything that's coming up for you that you'd like uh, people to know about? Um, no, I just, um, if anybody, um, you know, wants to connect, you can certainly do so on any forms of social media. Um, I'm pretty active, as you know, on Facebook and um, also on um, Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever professional marketing website there is, I'm, I'm pretty connected on that. Um, updates always go on my website, theblackwidow.us, and that leads to all my social media as well. Um, but, you know, I just, I want to give kudos to you. I think this is amazing that you are bringing all the women together to, you know, for uh, female empowerment. So um, I applaud you. This, it takes a lot of work, I know, to track people down, to hunt them down, to, you know, do the research on them. And, um, you know, so I love what you're doing. And um, I just want to give a great big shout out to you, my dear, because uh, that's pretty awesome. Thank you so much. That's so sweet coming from you because uh, you're, you're one of those ones that inspired me all those years ago when I saw as, as being, um, you know, an, an older side woman, seeing all the, the younger girls coming up, younger women coming up and, and having the, uh, the opportunity to be doing what you're doing on like such a great forum. And, and to me, you were one of the leaders in, in getting, you know, mixed martial arts for women, opening those doors, you know, traveling to other countries and it being visibly seen. So I, I'm so happy that you came on the show and I would love to have you back uh, to finish some of this storytelling because you, I'm telling you, you are the the cutest, hottest, badass woman out there, I think. For, for, you know, like everything that you're doing right now is such a, you know, great thing. And I, I love the fact that women can see this in other women and, and have a role model in you. Oh, you're the best. Thank you. Thank you. So much success to you and the show. And yes, anytime you want me, I'm here. So Wow, wasn't she great? Lisa King. Oh my God, I'm so thrilled that we had her on the show. She is just such a delight. Um, Thank you again for being on the show, Lisa. If you like what you heard today and eager to hear more, remember to subscribe. Download us on iTunes. uh, Write a review. Let me know how I'm doing. Um, You can also check out my blog at EvolveWMMA.com or simply follow us on Facebook.com backslash I love WMMA. This is Shelly Devine. Until next time, thanks for listening.